Welcome back to another episode of Inside Inside Sales. Brought to you by our sponsor, Vanilla Soft, with your host, Daryl Prale. Join us each week as we interview industry experts in the dramatically growing field of inside sales and sales development. Tune in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. So you ready? Let's get started. Hey, Daryl. We are back for another episode of Inside, Inside Sales. How are you doing, everybody? Ah, I'm having a good day. You know, it's uh, middle of the summer. The weather's fantastic. Okay, admittedly, it's hotter than I would like it, but I'm not complaining because I am not a fan of the snow, yet I live in Canada. Therefore, our short, short summers are divine contrasted to our rather long winters. So as a result, I'm a happy camper. And because of that as well, you guys ever notice when it's summertime around this time of year, the traffic is less in all the expressways. So you just get into the office sooner in the morning, get home better at night. How much better can that be when your day starts off that way? Every day I start my day, I have this plan on what I'm going to do. I look at my calendar, I get up. Right away, I check out my LinkedIn messages. I mean, is anything urgent there that I need to respond to? I look at my calendar. My calendar dictates silly things. Do I need to shave today? Will I be on a video? Will I be entertaining somebody? Do I need to dress perhaps with vanilla soft branded apparel because I might be seen on stage or elsewhere where I need to wave the corporate flag? Will I be indoors? Will I be outdoors? How do I dress? And that's how every day starts. I look at that. It's amazing how that sets my agenda. And then from there, I think, okay, so when do I need to leave? And, you know, and, and do I have time for a coffee? And if so, am I going to make a coffee or I have time to buy the really good coffee? And do I have budget to spend the money on that coffee? And if I don't arrive on time because there's an unexpected traffic delay, how do I get a hold of that first appointment and tell them I'm running late? And will that have backup consequences? And the list just goes on and on. And this is how I start my day. Now, are you as anal and as retentive and as uptight as I am? I got to know because sometimes I'm feeling awfully alone. But I will tell you, when I start my day that way, because I'm planning my day, because I'm anticipating how things could go down. And if they don't go the way I think, what is my alternative, my plan B, my plan C? What outcomes am I hoping to achieve out of this day? When I do that, my days go well. But on the days that Perhaps I oversleep and I jump out of my bed in a panic, blankets askew, jumping, dressing as I'm running down the hallway. I'm sure none of you can relate to this analogy. And then I jump in my vehicle and off I go. Without fail, I screw up. I forget something. I don't wear the right shirt. I don't have the right prep notes. I don't get my coffee. I spill coffee on myself if I do that. It goes all awry and it makes me not a happy camper so what's your lesson on all this why do you care that daryl is sharing with you his morning routine it's way too much information more than you ever wanted because what i want you to take from this beyond sharing way too much information is that every single day i begin with a plan i plan my day 
It starts well in advance with my calendar appointments. I'm scheduling them to fit in and have time in between so I can do whatever I need to do, prep work, research, you know, logistics, paperwork, et cetera. But it starts with a plan. And as I build that plan, sometimes I can anticipate it may go off track. And I plan an alternative plan. And I plan to achieve certain goals. How many people here, the end of your day or the start of your day, write down your to-do list for that day? You're planning your activities that you want to do. I need to do this in this priority. A good tactic in life is not unlike a good tactic in sales. You plan in sales how your engagement with the prospect is going to go. Many of you know this as your pre-call plan. Before I pick up that phone, so let's kind of set the stage. You have an appointment. Perhaps you previously set it up. Perhaps you co-called this individual to qualify them, and then you said, okay, let's meet on this date when I have your time, your undivided attention, and we shall explore your circumstances and my potential ability to address your circumstances. Or a wonderful sales development rep did this work for you. Or they came to you through a form on your site and said, I want to talk to somebody or I want to demo. No matter what, you've got a known scheduled appointment with a prospect. So before you engage with that prospect, what are you doing? My guest today is Steve Knapp. He is the sales mindset coach. You can find him at thesalesmindsetcoach.com. Steve and I have cross paths many times. I love tormenting him on social media because he's one of those guys who's just a really nice guy and he's charming and he's sweet and he's personable and you just can't not like Steve. But beneath that charming, you know, lovable, you know, exterior is a rather shrewd individual. And that is Steve. So Steve is going to talk to us today about the importance of the pre-call plan, what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, what you should be doing. Steve, how you doing, my friend? I'm good. I've learned lots about your morning habits. Darryl. Yes, way too much, right? <laughs> well, I'm glad you stopped it when you did. <laughs> <laughs> it could have got a little awkward and uncomfortable. This is true. <laughs> you, can't, you can't lose those thoughts out of your mind sometimes, can you? But, but, but we'll, do, we'll do our best right now. <laughs> I, I didn't want to leave you with visuals that you could no longer get rid of. So there you go. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. When we talk, I'd like to ask them, you know, what is it that's really something you're passionate about, something that you see over and over again, something that you can help my audience improve upon, because that's what we're all about on the show. One of the things you gave me kind of a couple different options, but the one that really jumped off the page was the whole pre-call plan. Why is that so passionate to you? What is it you're seeing that makes that the thing you would jump to of all the things you could have talked about today? It's one of those things that I'm very fortunate that I, I, tra I train sales teams. I, I go out on the company visits with, sale, with sellers. And so I sit side by side on the desk or in the car. And one of the things that I've seen over my 30 years in sales, but you know, is more the fact that the outcomes that the sellers visualize in their head, in their mind, don't always happen because they've not gone through the process of working out some of the basics in pre-call planning. So why I'm passionate about this is because I don't think there are many things in sales that we can guarantee will change the game. 
But actually, if you are a seller, a sales rep, a sales executive, and, and one of the things that you know that you are, you could be better at, let's put it that way, is the planning side of things. I, I've worked with companies to just to try and help them become better because I believe that's one of the key things that a seller can improve to deliver greater results. And ultimately, that's what we want, right? We want our salespeople out there delivering value to our clients, creating value and making their quotas, making their bonuses and continuing on that whole cycle. It's an activity in sales that is, I guess, less sexy. It's probably one that doesn't get the attention that it should. And I think it's something that every seller can adapt and improve upon to increase their sales. So are, are you seeing people not do this? I mean, or, or are you seeing them do it, but kind of doing it wrong? Part of me says, well, of course, I'm going to have a plan when I call somebody. I mean, how could I not have a plan? So is this something that you and your training and coaching experience are seeing is an issue or perhaps that it's given perhaps less focus, less attention than would be ideal? Probably two ways to think about that. If you're about to join a sales call, be it on the phone or physically, and you have an opportunity in front of you. I've often asked a question when I'm um, playing that role of observer, and actually when I was selling as well, it, it was like, show me that you've worked this through. Because a good pre-call plan is a good framework, right? It's a good structure. It's a good reference document to help you keep control, to send us an agenda even prior to the call. So I see it as a space that sellers often don't do. They say that they've got it. They say that they've done it. It's up there, pointing to their head. I've got the plan. Okay, tell me what it is. They tell me. We go into the call. And as soon as that client throws that question, that curveball, takes them down another path, we're kind of happy that we've got an outcome. But actually, when we reflect back on it, that's not the outcome we went in to achieve. Now, that doesn't mean it's bad, but it means we've left something out there that we did anticipate covering. And we could have taken the low-hanging fruit versus probing to that better outcome, creating more value. I see it as a place where people don't use the structure for valuable reasons. I also see, have you ever put the phone down, jumped in your car, you know, 20 minutes later, gone, darn it, I meant to, I meant to ask that question. I wish I had. All time. All yeah? time. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do it next. I forgot to ask uh, this. Yeah. yeah. And that's a little bit down to the fact that you didn't get it out of your head and write it down. Um, so I, I, there are many, many stories about how it's helped uh, and many, many stories of where I've seen it not executed well. Uh, and there's a couple there. Yeah. I, I, so I got to ask how many people listening right now. Now, the good news is you're listening and no one no, no you, can, you can't see anybody else. Maybe you're on the bus. Maybe you're in your car. Maybe you're walking the dog. Who knows? But you're listening. Put your hand up secretly. Put your hand up. If you are kind of ad hocing it, you kind of know what you want. You kind of know the drill. You kind of go on it with a plan, but it's not written down. And there have been times when it's taken a right turn you did not anticipate for which you did not have a plan. And by the way, if your hand isn't up, you're lying to yourself because I think every single one of us have done it, myself especially. Okay, let's do this. Let's take a break. I know you've got a five-step approach on how you do it, a structure that has proven successful for you and your clients. Take a break. We'll come back and then we'll hit you up on what that is. So don't go anywhere, folks. We shall return. CRM was designed for managing relationships. Sales engagement is designed for starting them. 
Current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads about 50% of the time, make less than two attempts to contact them, and are only about 35% productive. CRM is the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. VanillaSoft is a sales engagement platform. It allows you to rapidly turn marketing-qualified leads into sales-qualified leads. According to user reviews, VanillaSoft will increase your pipeline and productivity by three times or more. Blow your quota out of the water. How? By ensuring each new sales lead is engaged within seconds, persistently, and with the cadence that is optimal for your prospects. Don't let your sales leads fall into a black hole. Take your lead engagement and sales qualification out of your CRM. Try VanillaSoft for free at VanillaSoft.com. All right, we're back. Let's learn those five steps, Steve. Step number one, what might it be? Yeah, out of the five steps, the first step is the why. And I start here just writing down the reason I'm talking in the first place. That's being very, very clear about why I am having this conversation. How does it fit in the business plan? How does it fit in the overarching um, uh, account activities. Why am I having this conversation in the first place? Am I upselling? Is this a new acquisition? Why am I having this conversation? That's not to be mixed up with the really important second step, which is the objective, the O. So W, then to the O. This is what you plan to achieve within that conversation. We know why we're going. We know why we're making the, the phone call, the physical visit. Um, but what actually is it that I plan to achieve? Not hope to achieve, but plan to achieve. And this is where you get into some of the very specifics around the measurables, the numbers, and that outcome that you plan to achieve. So what is the objective? And that could be objectives or objective, depends on the complexity of the call depends on how much you want to get through, but being very clear on what the objectives are and how that feeds into the why you're having the conversation is, I find, a really important thing, right? So if you think that you're talking to a prospective client, you're speaking to an existing value relationship, just valuing the time and being absolutely clear about why we're talking today creates value and creates the right perception in your professionalism. So I think this is a big a big first step, the first two, why and the objectives. So let's focus on that for a second. So the why, there's a cheeky, cynical side of me says the why is going to be the same every single time. I know the product or the service I'm selling. And so therefore my why is to A, get another meeting, but you know, lead them down the garden path that they need my solution so that I can make a little bit of coin and you know, they can have a cool product. Would that change? Help me understand why I would even bother with that. I'm talking about the mind, sales mindset coach, right? So I think there might be a number of different reasons you have sales calls. It could be you're making an appointment. It could be that you're selling a product. It could be you're following up. It could be that you're setting up some kind of meeting with your service departments. It could be you're handling a, a customer complaint. It could be you know, a, num a number of things. The value of writing down why is if you are jumping in your day from one to the other, it gives you that point where you just sit down, you read your document, and you just get yourself connected to why you're making this call. It also gives you the ability at the end of it just to make sure 
that you have achieved what you set out to achieve, right? And I think this is sometimes what we miss. It's that recentering. It's making sure that when we join the call, we're fresh, we're ready to go, and everybody is getting the best view that they can possibly get. And you're not just tracking on one to the next, moving to the next one, and not putting that care and attention around that relationship or that opportunity. So if it is the same all the time, every time, I make no excuse that I ask you to come and center to your pre-call planning document and just reconnect to the overall document and make sure that you're delivering on the value you're trying to create. And I love that part. Write it down so that you can make sure that you're going to reconnect. In other words, when that call is done, this is why I made the call. Did I achieve that goal? Which is kind of your second point. You know, I'm doing this because, and what is the outcome I hope to achieve? Now, let me ask you the next question. What mistakes do people make on that outcome stage? In the why stage, I think they, they tend to treat it as a bit benign, a little bit irrelevant. Um, they don't do the thinking behind it. So we can be very, very broad in sales. One of the things that I've learned is the more specific I am with any, any plan, any activity, the more relevant and the more achievable my outcomes are. So I think the broadest sense of your question is if I'm answering it, so if I'm writing down something that is not specific, that isn't you know, sort of really specific to that opportunity, then I am just treating it in that broadest sense and I'm missing that value. So that's the mistake that folks make, right? Is that they just treat it as one after the other. But to your point, it's always going to be the same. Well, if it's always going to be the same, why do we need you? <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's true. <laughs> right. So the why could be, you know, depending on where you are in a cycle, I'm, I'm assuming it's early on. You know, I'm making this call to collect information to better understand their situation, their pains, their challenges. And the second step, the outcome I want to achieve is to determine if we have a possible solution that may help them out. And that will lead to a follow on meeting scheduled where we can discuss the proposed solution and see if we've missed any. So that would be, uh, that would be step yeah. one and step two. So then what's step three? I'm into a double bank of P's here. We've done the W and the O. I'm now at the third step is the premise. And, and this is about, this is like, what do you know about your prospects or your client's situation that's relevant to your objective, right? So this isn't now asking you to write some thesis about what you know about your prospect, but it's what you know about the prospect that's relevant to the objective that you're looking to achieve. So it's all incremental steps to help you move this opportunity to the next phase in your sales process. An example here, you know, what do you know about your prospect situation? I know they've got some budgetary challenges. I know the decision-making unit is one of three. I've got two of them covered. So I know that I've still got one that I need to get on board. I know that the manager is really keen on the value. Uh, I've got to find in this call a way that I can take that to the board to have that conversation. So this just gives you the opportunity to put out there the things that you know that are going to help you move this opportunity forward. And the premise is the place where it's never been easier to research, right? You mentioned in the intro about you know, your daily routine is on LinkedIn. There's so much information out there now. What you know about your client and what you know about the opportunity has never been more accessible. The key is that you treat this with some sort of brevity and you link it back to your objective. 
The risk here is that you end up over-investing for the value you're going to get out of the out of the interaction or the sales call or the meeting. So what I like about the premise thing is because it's actually almost like a litmus test. You know, what do you know about the client or prospect that's relevant to your objectives? So you're right. I know information that I could have perhaps been passed to me if the SDR does some initial qualification, budget, et cetera, many of the things you talked about. I may know some of the um, issues that are challenges that they're researching or, or discussing on LinkedIn that may or may not be related to what I think the call is all about. I know much about their industry. I can glean that. The challenges they face and this individual persona, maybe it's a head of marketing, maybe it's a head of manufacturing operations, whatever. The challenges they're facing, whether that be what's stated on a shareholder report, by a company newsletter or what have you, press releases, etc. So I know a lot of information that is the premise of why I'm making this call and influencing the outcomes I want to achieve. And if I don't know the premise, then I'm guessing I need to do a little bit of research. Is that a fair statement? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, this is where your sales manager might help you here by checking and testing this. Do we know enough? Have we got enough? Are we good to go? And all of this is a really valuable two-way tool to help the seller and the sales manager create that great sales outcome. I'm reminded of the classic blue sheet. Now, boys and girls, once upon a time, there were multi-part forms and there were carbons involved. You got it. And they were different. And, and each form was a different color. And anyway, the blue sheet was one area where you had to track specific information, what you knew about the prospect. And that would lead into, you know, the whole premise, what you know about them, you know, strengths, weaknesses, et cetera. All right. We've got W-O-P, why, outcome, and premise. But you alluded to a second P, W-O-P-P. -P. I, I tell you, the people screaming this now, they know it already. It's the plan. It's a plan within a plan. And um, this is how do you plan to reach the objective? So, Rebecca, we're tying back, tying back to the same goal. I now know what I need to know about this opportunity to make it successful. How do I plan to structure the conversation? Is this going to be via presentation? Is this going to be via telephone call? Is this going to be via face-to-face? -face? Am I going to bring this in through a set of questions? Am I going to bring it in through a demonstration? Am I going to be talking here around value of the product, its performance? Am I going to be talking here about price? You know, what is my plan to achieve my objective? This granular level of thinking is sometimes the piece that gives you the confidence and the correction if the client is taking you down another route. Because you've done your research, you've got your plan, and you've at least got control of that sales conversation. At least you'll appear to have control of the conversation uh, while you're gracefully paddling like the swan in the, in, the, uh, in the lake. But the plan is the second P. And what I love about that is you're actually putting down that plan could be the structure. I'm going to talk about this, then talk about this. I'm going to ask these questions. If they answer yes, I'm going to go this way. If they answer no, I'm going to go that way. It is a very intentional approach to what you want to achieve. And it's also an intentional approach to what if they give me an answer I'm not prepared for or I hadn't considered. Do you find that's a big challenge with people that they don't plan deep enough or yeah. extensively enough or because or they wing it? Well, actually, I find it such a such a problem that I've separated that piece out as the last step in the pre-call plan. 
I like the plan to remain very focused on action. The planning phase is very much about what am I going to do in this call to achieve this outcome? The piece that you were just moving into there, Daryl, is that the last step in the five stages, it's the A. So W-O-P-P-A, Whopper. And the A is anticipate. And the reason that that is a standalone box in the pre-call plan is for exactly as you described, thinking about what if. What if the prospect or client comes with this outcome? What happens if they don't respond in a positive way? What happens if they say, yes, I need it tomorrow? What happens? What might be my plan A, plan B, plan C? And if you've got the anticipation right, linked to the objective and the purpose, the why you are there, this is incredibly helpful. The person that you're selling to gets the best you in front of them, somebody that has really thought through why we're having this conversation, what you want to achieve from it, a little bit about my external environment, what you're going to do to get me there, and you've even thought about alternatives and different solutions. It's a very powerful way to end your pre-call plan. So to me, the A is probably the, the most compelling aspect of WAPA, W-O-P-P-A, because that is when you're preparing yourself to go off script and how you're going to respond. And the impression you will leave upon the prospect from, uh, uh, that's a good question, I don't know, to, that's a great question, let me explain. And it's funny you should ask that, and away we go. And, and that's the A done properly will lead you to the O, the outcome you want to achieve. So it's almost a circular process. All right, lad, we're out of time here. If they want to learn more about Steve Knapp at the Sales Mindset Coach, where's the best way to reach you? And candidly, tell them something awesome about you that I haven't already mentioned. <laughs> awesome about me is that I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a dad of three girls. That's awesome, right? That is awesome. But I love sales. I absolutely love sales. And I help as many people as I can in their sales career. But yeah, you can find me. You can find me on LinkedIn, Steve Knapp. And you can find me on uh, Facebook, The Sales Mindset, The Sales Mindset Coach. And as you've already said, the salesmindsetcoach.com website. So loads of places. There's other stuff out there. We're all over the place, Daryl, aren't we? We truly are. I'm seeing a theme here. Steve Knapp, K-N-A-P-P. All about your pre-call plan, <laughs> W-O-P-P-A. This is Mr. P-P right here. <laughs> we are out of time, folks. I've had fun today, Steve. Thank you so much. If you've enjoyed another episode of Inside Inside Sales, do me a favor. Share it with your colleagues, share it with your peers, put it online, do a review, do a like, spread the love, spread the news. I'd be grateful. But until then, I shall leave you. But don't worry, I'll be back soon. My name is Daryl Prell. I'm with Vanilla Soft. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening once again to another episode of Inside, Inside Sales. Hosted by Daryl Prell, the CMO of Vanilla Soft. Tune in every other week for actionable ideas to increase your sales productivity. One of the many shows on the ever-growing Funnel Radio Channel. Sponsored by Vanilla Soft. <laughs>